Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Raider Nation, and welcome to another edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dennis Ackerman. The Raiders get the season off on the right foot as they win a seesaw affair over the Carolina Panthers, 34 to 30. So much to dissect from this one, Raider Nation, but the bottom line is the Raiders found a way to get the W, and they're 1-0 as they get ready to host the New Orleans Saints next Monday night. It was a great day for the Raiders. They not only won, but they covered as well. So if you're feeling good about them next week against the Saints, head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Now, after every win, which hopefully there's going to be a lot of, I'm going to give out a game ball, and it's called Ackerman's A-List Player of the Game. I think you could go in a couple of different directions on this one. So let me begin with quarterback Derek Carr, who was the epitome of efficiency. He completed 22 out of 30 passes for 239 yards and a touchdown to Nelson Aguilar, which was Carr's clearly best throw of the day. He laid it right in there, hit it, dropped it in there on a dime for six. But my A-list player of the game goes to second-year running back Josh Jacobs. He picked up right where he left off last season. And I've said this so many times, Raider Nation, and you know it, and I'm going to say it again. If he didn't miss three out of the last four games a year ago with a shoulder injury, he's the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year. Jacobs rushed for a career-high three touchdowns. He had seven all of last year. He rushed for 93 yards on 25 carries, and he caught four passes for 46 yards. Now, last year, remember, he had just 20 receptions. And think back to training camp just a few weeks ago. He said his goal this year, 60 catches. Well, Raider fans, he's on pace for 64. Just saying. All right, Jacobs also put his name in the Raiders record book by becoming the first player in franchise history to score three touchdowns in a season opener. And here's what Raider head coach John Gruden had to say about Abrams' performance following the game. You know, I'm not going to. I'm not going to put um, any more pressure on him than he puts on himself. You know, I've been a son of a backfield coach my whole life. My dad coached at Tampa Bay and Notre Dame, and I've seen a lot of running backs for a long time. But that was um, a little bit like Walter Payton used to play. It was hot as hell. He got beat up early. Uh, he insisted on coming back. He insisted he get the ball as a runner and receiver. Um, he um, He's special. He deserves uh, – some national attention. I hope you guys give it to him. John Gruden's sound is courtesy of Raiders.com. Now, the play of the game clearly goes to defensive lineman Cleland Farrell, who stuffed Panthers fullback Alex Armaugh on fourth and less than a yard with just over a minute to play, and the Raiders clinging to a four-point lead. And I need someone to please explain this to me. How does Carolina, with the game hanging in the balance, not give the ball to their best player, Christian McCaffrey, who's arguably the best running back in the entire NFL. Head coach Matt Rule of uh, the Carolina Panthers has some explaining to do because I think the Raiders caught a huge break. Safety Jonathan Abram, who led the Raiders with 13 tackles, 
said it was up to the defense to win the game. It's an emotional game. I mean, you know, we fought hard all game. You know, we weren't leaving here without this W. So, you know, I told the defense when we went out there, you know, this game is on us. We got to step up and, you know, get this win because, you know, we were the ones who kind of gave up the lead, you know, giving up those two touchdowns back to back in the third, in the third quarter. Abrams' bite also comes courtesy of Raiders.com. Now let's transition to some of the things that caught my eye, and let's begin with the positives because there was a lot of them. I mentioned Derek Carr's numbers earlier. I thought he played very well and did a nice job of distributing the ball as nine different receivers caught passes led by Darren Waller's six. And one of the reasons Carr was so effective is the offensive line was outstanding even though they lost Trent Brown very early. In fact, Brown was gone after just three plays. I mean, the Raiders eventually were down to their third string right tackle. Carr wasn't even sacked on 30 pass attempts, and the Raiders, as a team, rushed for 133 yards on 31 attempts. And breaking that down, if my math is correct, it's just over four yards a pop, which any team would take in this league. I also like the way the Raiders got Henry Ruggs III involved early and often in the first half. The rookie wideout from Alabama had three receptions for 55 yards and nearly scored a touchdown before being knocked out at the one-yard line. I actually think if Carr hits him in stride, that is six. He also had two carries for 11 yards. Now, there was that scary moment towards the end of the first half when he appeared to injure his leg, but he did return in the second half, although he didn't do too much mostly used as a decoy. I was also impressed with the Raiders' poise and overall resolve. This was a back-and-forth affair. Seven times the lead changed hands, and after squandering a 12-point lead, the Raiders didn't panic. Derek Carr led the offense on a nine-play, 75-yard game-winning drive capped off by Josh Jacobs' third rushing touchdown of the game. And on that drive, the Raiders converted their only third down as it was aided by a defensive pass interference call as Carr was looking for Hunter Renfro. But after the Raider touchdown, I felt like Raider Nation was collectively holding its breath, wondering, can the Raiders' defense come up with a stop, especially after the Panthers had scored a temple of touchdowns on their previous two drives? But the Raiders' D stood tall and came up with the big fourth down stop to preserve the win to improve to 1-0. and oh. One more note, Raider fans, the team committed just three penalties. I know, let it sink in, the Raiders committed just three penalties. It was their fewest amount since 2016 against the San Diego Chargers. Lastly, I want to give a shout-out to Raiders kicker Daniel Carlson, who last year missed both of his field goal attempts beyond 50 yards, but he split the uprise from 54 yards out to give the Raiders a 20-15 lead at that time. Now, there are some area of concerns. I mean, nobody plays a perfect game. We all know that. Now, overall, this defense has a long way to go. I think we can all agree on that. Panthers scored on all four of their possessions in the first half, a touchdown and three field goals. Panthers quarterback Teddy Bridgewater completed better than 70% of his passes, and Carolina as a team had nearly 130 rushing yards. But the Raiders' defense came up big when it mattered the most, getting the big fourth down stop by Cleveland Farrell to preserve the victory. A couple of more items the Raiders can hopefully clean up moving forward. With the silver and black leading 27-15 and Carolina facing a third and 14, Bridgewater was able to complete a first down pass to McCaffrey to move the chains. 
McCaffrey is Carolina's best offensive player and one of the top players in the league. Make somebody else beat you. You can't allow those types of plays to happen if you want to be an improved defense. I know Damon Arnett and Jonathan Abram both look bad getting beat on the 75-yard touchdown catch by Robbie Anderson, but I'm going to chalk that up to you. You learn from it, don't make the same mistake twice, and you move on. Now the last one. In the second quarter, the Raiders' offense faced a third and goal inside the Panthers' five-yard line. Carr rolled to his right and threw short to Jason Witten for a two-yard gain. The Raiders had to settle for three. Now, John Gruden has been hammering the fact the Raiders need to be better when they get inside the five, specifically first and goal to goal. That throw should have been in the end zone. Please, please give yourself the opportunity to score a touchdown. There was no way that play to Witten was going to work for six points. Just remember this, Raider Nation. It's a long season. The Raiders' defense wasn't going to improve overnight with no off-season workouts, limited training camp, and no preseason games. I saw on social media people are saying, same old Raiders defense, and tweeting out, defensive coordinator Paul Gunther isn't going to survive the season. Relax. It's one game. Championships aren't won in week one, and seasons aren't lost in the first week either. There's a lot of new faces on defense. It's going to take some time for them to gel as a unit. I know it's hard in today's instant gratification, but try to have some patience. And let's see how all this unfolds. Like Max Crosby tweeted out, tons of room for improvement, but a win's a win. So enjoy it for now, Raider fans, because the 1-0 Saints, fresh off a victory over Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, are coming to town for some Monday night football. Remember the great game these two played to open the 2016 season? Raiders trailed 24-13 heading into the fourth quarter, and by seven in the waning seconds when Derek Carr hit Seth Roberts for a 10-yard touchdown with less than a minute left. And instead of settling for a tie, Coach Jack Del Rio decides to go for two, and the Raiders convert on a spectacular grab by Michael Crabtree. Raiders end up winning 35-34. And I felt like that win, set the tone for the rest of the season. Let's see if today's victory is something the Raiders are able to build on moving forward. All right, Raider Nation, that's going to do it for this edition of the Raiders Believe in Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'll have a Raiders Saints preview coming up on Friday. Until then, thanks for listening, everyone. I'm Dennis Sackerman. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.